Amen. If y'all think I'm fixing this thing, you got another thing coming. I ain't following that anyway. Midnight cry. It's winding down towards the end, folks. I'm not a scared tactic guy, you know that, but the Word of God tells us, he says, gives us a whole list of things, and he says, when you begin to see these things come to pass, the end is not yet, but look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. That means it's at hand, it's close, it's not too far off, okay? So make your calling and election sure. Be sure you're where you need to be and living like you ought to live, because, uh, when the trumpet sounds, it's going to be too late. You know, it's like when Noah went in and he shut the door on that, on that big boat. No matter how hard he knocked on the door, how bad you wanted to get on the inside, it was over. So tonight I want to just encourage you. See, the Word of God says this. For every man or woman to examine himself and to see if he be of the faith. See, I'm not here to judge you and I hope you're not here to judge me. But if you are, let me give you a little warning. The Bible says, judge not lest you be judged for with what measure you judge, you shall be judged. Now go on and make it as hard on me as you want to. Because that's what's coming back to you. I prefer to extend a little grace and a little mercy. But at midnight Christ, it's at hand. And I couldn't help but think. Basically all week I had breakfast, uh, I don't remember, Monday or Tuesday morning with Dr. Jimmy Smith and Doc Moore, a couple of good buddies of mine. And I began to share with them how the Lord had something churning in my spirit and I didn't really know exactly where it was going to go but it basically comes down to this. Step up, step out, and step in. Step up, step out, and step in. If you remember last year, Philadelphia Eagles were on a roll and their starting quarterback, Carson Wentz, went down with a season-ending injury. The backup, Nick Foles, had to step up, and he did. And I remember from my coaching days, as many of you have heard it before, when somebody goes down, it's next man up. Somebody's got to step up. If you've got a big-time scorer in basketball, and one night it seems like he can't buy a basket. No matter what he puts up, it just doesn't go in the hole. Somebody else has got to step up. I look and I think about in recent years, in recent days, the men such as Jim Jimenez, founder of Washington for Jesus, Bill Bright, Campus Crusade for Christ, and Jerry Falwell, the moral majority, and that great soul winner, Billy Graham. And how many great men and women of God have gone on to their reward? They've left planet Earth. They've left the building. And they are reaping the benefits of a life well lived. Amen. So who's going to step up? Like the old country song. 
I believe it was George Jones saying, who's going to fill their shoes? Who's going to give their heart and soul to get to me and you? Lord, I wonder who's going to fill their shoes. We've gotten so entangled with the cares of life. We've become so busy about being busy. Had somebody asked me here a while back, you been busy? And I said, I've been real busy. And they said, but are you getting anything done? That's a reality check that we all need to ask ourselves. It's one thing to be busy, but it's another thing to be accomplishing something. Amen. The Word of God tells us that we're to be busy about our Father's business. The midnight cry has gone out. It's going to be coming forth one day, but we're to be, according to the Word, to occupy until He comes. The military, when they occupy, they go in and take ground, and they occupy. Listen. We don't need to be the devil's punching bag. We don't just need to case a rah, rah through life. We don't need to just meander around with whatever will be, will be. No, sir. We need to have purpose to our life. God's word in Jeremiah 29, you all know, it says this, that he's got a plan for our life. And his plan is better than our own plan oftentimes. In fact, I'd say always. Are you willing to back up? Take a deep breath. I mean, we got some old bull riders, and I, I use that word old, I mean bull rider. Sitting over here, and I've watched them guys around those bucking shoots. I'm glad I'm on the time to be in, aren't you, John? Man, them guys on that rough stock end, golly, they nearly beat themselves, slapped to death before they get in there on them bulls. <laughs> they slapping themselves. I mean, they just beating themselves up, psyching themselves up so they can step up. I think they're trying to beat themselves where they're numb and they can't feel the pain when that bull busts them in the nose, but. <laughs> But we got to step up. And I want to read a passage of scripture tonight, Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, my, uh, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of their foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. As I said unto Moses, from the wilderness to this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand nor to the left, 
that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host, and command the people, saying, Prepare ye victuals, for within three days you shall pass over this Jordan to go and to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. I'd like to look at a few points here that if we're going to step up, we need to notice. First thing he did was tell Moses, I mean Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. It's time for you to step up. Whatever or whoever you've been confiding in for your comfort, for your security, for your um, self-preservation and peace, Perhaps they're no longer around or no longer in your life. Maybe they've gone to be with the Lord or perhaps you broke up, had a fallout. We used to call them fights. And the key is this. Our hope is in the one that will never leave us, never forsake us, never fail us, never let us down, and never means never. Never means never. We've got to recognize that, first of all, in verse number 3, that God, I'm sorry, in verse number 2, where he calls us out that God is our source. He says, I do give them. We've got to recognize that, according to James, that every good and perfect gift cometh from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow nor turning. He's always at the noontime position. He's always at the pinnacle of his ability and his desire to bestow good things upon us. But it's all dependent, as you'll see later on in this story, about us doing the word. You should have said, Amen. God is our source. Secondly, we see in verse 3, the promise of God is the word of God. I promise you that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you face, the answer is in this book. There is scripture, chapter, and verse that's applicable to no matter what it is that you're facing. I happen to know there are people in this room tonight you're facing a major health issue. I happen to know that there are people that would love to be here tonight that are in the hospital that are facing a very, very major serious situation in their life and we're going to pray for one of them in just a little while. I happen to recognize the fact that God's word is yea and amen. I happened to see in the word when Jesus was confronted by the devil himself, what, how did he combat the devil? The word. It is written. I always go back to this because of truth it is. 
These are the bullets. These words are the bullets in your spiritual gun that you need to be able to be victorious and to overcome. That's why the devil tries so hard to keep you from reading this thing. Y'all, Have you ever noticed how you always get sleepy when you start reading the Bible? I'm serious. Preachers ain't no different. If I don't get it done early, I ain't going to say it don't get done, but it gets done a whole lot harder than if I get it done early. So we've got to recognize and embrace the promise of God just like he promised uh, Joshua. Thirdly, we see in verse 5 that we, we, we will have the protection of God. For he says, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee. We're going to have opposition. We're going to have tests. We're going to have trials. God's word says that while you're in this world, you shall have tribulations. You're going to have adversity. Don't think because adversity is in your life that you must have sin in your life. And there'll be some people that's stupid enough to tell you that. Now you may have sin in your life, but that don't mean you have sin in your life when you're facing adversity. Because did you know this? In Hebrews it says it's the trying of our faith. It's the testing of our faith. It's the having to use our faith that stretches us and grows us and pulls us, knocks the rough edges off of us, and it causes our faith to grow more and more and more. Do you think that uh, little David would have had the faith or the ability to go out and fight the giant without having first faced a lion and a bear while he was looking after the sheep? You see, it's a, it's a perpetual building process of, of going, wow, that was God I heard. Man, God did answer that prayer. God did bring me through. So we've got to recognize that it's the protection of God. And I'm going to hurry right along. Fourthly, we see in verse 6, whereas we are going to step out and step out, that God has promised us that he would give us the provisions. See there in verse 6 where he's talking about that you would divide the land as an inheritance. Might I remind you that when they left Egypt, they didn't leave empty-handed. They was a bunch of slaves. But when they left, they had jewelry and gold and livestock. God provided miraculously. And also I want you to remember this, that in their obedience to flee Egypt, to, to go to pursue a promised land, they had to be delivered from the Red Sea, you know, at the Red Sea from Pharaoh. So it took a miracle to get out of, to be away from the life of sin and slavery and so forth. It, take, it still takes a miracle. It, it, you know, the greatest of all miracles ever or ever will be is the miracle of salvation. How just one drop of Jesus' blood can wash away our sins can cleanse us from all of the unrighteousness and the bad things that we've done and stuff that we're so ashamed of. So it took a miracle to bring them out. Now when they get to the promised land, it also takes a miracle to get them into the promised land. Did you notice that? They crossed out under, on dry ground where the Red Sea was, but when they get to the promised land, and y'all know the story about the spies and all the things that was tried to be discouraging to them to make them not go in. They got to the, the Jordan River and 
God does the same thing. He dries the ground up. They walk into the promised land. So remember this. You'll never not need God to provide. God will always need to be present to bring you out and to take you in too. So the provisions of God are an absolute necessity. Lastly, we see in verse 7 that because of their obedience to the word of God, because of what they do, that they walk into the promised land. And I want you to know this. The Lord watches over his word to perform it. And if you'll obey the word of God, you will be victorious. You will be successful. I, I, I love to quote this. Get a hold to it. The eyes of the Lord. The eyes of who? The Lord. Roam to and fro. Throughout the whole earth. Among his people. That's you and me. Looking for someone that will let him show himself mighty and strong on their behalf. Will you? Will you let him? Will you step up and say, here my Lord, use me? Will you be like Carson? I mean, uh, about like Nick Bowles who took the Eagles on in to win the Super Bowl. Will you take the, the torch? Will you pick up the ball that Billy Graham and others have left behind for us? And will you be part of promoting and building the kingdom of God? I hope so. The step out, the step up is heeding the call. The step out is that move of faith to do what you've heard God speak to you to do. And the stepping into is the fulfillment and the manifestation of the promises of God. Would you bow your heads?